welcome to the 5D Academy of Higher Consciousness. I'm Zaratustra. And uh, today, we're, topic, we're going to be talking about near-death experiences. And uh, what is the significance of having a near-death experience and how near-death experience is so powerful that really impacts um, our life experiences. Oh, wait a minute, just one moment. I think I did not get the restream going. So let me see. Okay, now the restream. I'm gonna have to start all over again. Uh, welcome to the 5D Academy of Higher Consciousness. I'm Zaratustra. And today's uh, topic is we're gonna talk about the significance of near-death experience. Uh, one of my um, participants brought it up. I think it's a great subject and we can, great topic, we can talk about it. And um, what really goes on when something like that happens, because I've had five near-death experiences and I believe that in these five near-death experiences, three of them, I should have died. And uh, it was just pure divine intervention that I did not die. So, um, and I'm still here. And uh, we don't know how long that's gonna last, but nobody knows anything about future anyway. So, but let's just uh, dig a little bit deeper into this. And also for those who are viewing on YouTube uh, and uh, Instagram, um, as well as uh, later on, we're just going to be putting this podcast, this broadcast on Facebook. I just wanted to share with you, those of you who want to talk to me directly on Thursdays when I'm doing the 5D Academy, uh, where you can come, you can register through my website and then uh, we give you a Zoom password and you can join us and you can talk to me directly. Otherwise, um, uh, I'm not able to be uh, answering back on other channels. Only over here I can do it. Um, <clears throat> when the first near-death experience I had was a car accident, that the car flew off of uh, the... I, I was just being stupid. I was driving too fast. This is like when I was 25 or 26 years old. I'm in uh, going from North Shore Lake Tahoe to South Shore, and I'm just going too fast and too crazy. And uh, I pass a car. It was absolutely unnecessarily for me to drive that fast. And, uh, and I'm just going really quick. And then there's a turn and I slam on the brakes and there was black ice and the car flew off the edge of the uh, the road and and it just started to fly down <laughs> and then it stopped in the middle of the air and I had no idea what happened but what what I do know happened was I just had my entire life flashed in front of my eyes and I, at that moment I knew it's over when my entire life flashed in front of my eyes I knew that I am, it's finished. 
And uh, I mean, you don't have really much time to think about anything. It just happens so fast, so quickly. You don't believe that your life is about to end right now. And a part of you know that it is the end of it. Uh, uh, everything happens very, very fast. So that was the first one. And uh, of course, I one time almost drowned in, in the ocean. And then in the last moment, I was saved and dragged out by the lifeguards. And then uh, they gave me the mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation. Uh, and, you know, there's three more. But I don't want to get into the details of each and every one of them. But when you come that close and... And uh, you know, a part of you know it's over, it's finished. And there is nothing you can do to change anything uh, because everything is just happening so fast, so quickly. And this is it. You know, your story, whatever the story you have, it's over. So when you're having... And you don't have to have five of them because obviously I had a crazy life. Uh, but even one near-death experience could be extremely transformative for a lot of people as far as which, you know, many, many different people have experienced going through a tunnel of light. And uh, I mean... Different people have different experiences. So, but mostly they have an encounter with a space uh, <clears throat> or a being. Some people see Christ or some uh, prophet. Uh, um, maybe you encountered Buddha. Maybe you see Moses. Maybe uh, you have some... You have an encounter with the angels, whatever is happening, whatever encounter you have, and whatever downloads that you get while you're in this space of, we call it near-death experiences. And we don't even know that you really, the person really died, and now they shifted dimension and when they feel like they're back, they didn't really die, is it really the continuation of the same life? Or did they die and they're continuing with their body and their everything, the way they look and their family? Did they really go to a parallel reality and living a diff living, continuing the life, but in another dimension, but differently? Do you really die? I mean, where do you go? What happens to you? There's many different um, scenarios that I don't know if anybody knows what happens. And I certainly have not met anybody who dies or died. They put them in the grave. And then six months after they came back and telling you what's going on on the other side. I, I haven't experienced that. So who knows what happens when you die? But do you really finish? Are you really gone? And 
can the consciousness I am, this sense of presence that you are here, uh, could it be vanished? Could it be gone? That from childhood, I had a very deep knowing that that cannot end. This sense of I am, of the presence of being, it can't just disappear. Uh, now, when you have a very powerful experience and such a strong event happened to you, it's almost impossible to be indifferent to it. And it's, all, it's impossible to continue life and, and uh, your, your attitude towards ordinary life and towards your family and friends uh, and also your, I mean, most importantly, towards your own self. It's almost impossible that uh, you can have the same attitude because you have had such a profound experience and almost, ex which is like your time is expired and you're, you're gonna go into this other dimension, uh, whatever this dimension is. And uh, you, there's no way you can come back and, and escape the death and come back to your life as if nothing has happened. And it's basically an impossible thing. Your attitude is going to change. And if you do talk to most people who've had such close encounter, uh, they all tell you pretty much the same thing. I'm not talking about telling you the same thing as far as going into the tunnel and seeing light or, or having a meeting with God or with the angels, but not necessarily that. However, uh, they all will share with you that uh, in this um, experience, their sense of um, and their attitude towards life changes and uh, they realize that life is precious they realize that their connections are precious uh, a lot of people have very strong spiritual experiences um, downloads uh, the understanding that there is definitely something much greater than what physically we encounter in life and we experience with our five senses. Uh, that whole story about uh, be a good boy or be a good girl, go to school, graduate, get a good degree, uh, get married, uh, produce children, um, be a good citizen, uh, be a good patriot, die for your country, um, make money and, you know, cheer, cheer the football team. And the whole story, the one dimensional story of the narrative that we've been sold, sold on and the narrative that basically most of our lives, uh, there's like a programming that we get programmed uh, depending on which, what culture you come from. You know, if you're coming from a European culture, then you know you're most probably re religion wise 
you're more towards into Christianity um, than uh, wh whatever the story is. Like you're coming from uh, Western Europe, then then you're you're connected to that kind of mentality that okay, drinking alcohol is okay and uh, doing certain things not okay. Uh, if you're coming from uh, Islamic background and you're coming from Middle East uh, predominantly, you know, then, you know, you're used to being covered or you, your alcohol is not a good thing or, or you got to get married and have kids. Uh, you got to go fight for Allah and die for Allah. Um, it all depends where you come from. But whatever narrative, you know, if you're from South America, then if you're from an African country, um, wherever wherever that you grew up with your genetics and also um, uh, the upbringing and the conditioning that we go through, you, you are most likely following that narrative because as you're as a child, when you're growing up, they're going to condition you with this particular pattern that wherever you, whatever country or culture, religion that you're, you're coming from, you're going to get brainwashed and programmed based on your surrounding. So, and of course, you're observing your parents, you're observing your society and family and your countrymen uh, the culture and somewhere down deep inside you you have the feeling that this is the right way and other ways they're not i mean this is the way to be and and so anyway but what i'm saying is when you're having such a profound experience that your story is all almost over my story of whatever that is and uh your point of view, your vision changes. You're no longer looking at life the way you can't, the way it used to be. Um, something transforms, something heightens your consciousness because that model that you were sold on, go to school, be a good boy, be a good girl, get married, have kids, make a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. It's shattered. It's definitely challenged. And like uh, the belief system, like if you live in Los Angeles or if it's an American dream is make as much money as possible, work many hours, accumulate as much properties and land and cars and boats and stocks. You know, the idea is like more, more, more. And, and that's it. This is the only reality. Nothing, nothing else matters, you know? And okay, we don't care if we're destroying our oceans. We don't care if we're destroying our, our land, our rivers. Uh, the general mentality is like, okay, this is the only life I have. And I don't care about anybody else. I just want to get as much as I can. It's me, 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 me. It's only about me. Now, when you have an experience like that, and you almost died, things change. And all of a sudden you start to realize that, wait a minute, there's a greater power. There's an invisible world. There, there, there's a presence of other beings 
and the values are different because in ordinary worlds right now, the values are based on how much money you have or how successful you are financially as in the material world, whether you are known, uh, you have fame or, or you own things. That's how your status in society is being, being uh, measured and valued. In, in the spiritual world, as you get closer, the values are different. It's a different story because it, it's not about like how much money you have or how famous you are. It's like how aware you've become. Where is your level of awareness? And also when you're having a near-death experience, uh, a profound experience is like a total expansion of and also realization of, wait a minute, uh, I have been investing all of my life into objects, acquiring these objects and getting this and more, you know, and more. And now let me have more. And I need like, let me get some more of this. And I can't really hold them, but let me put this on top of that one and put this on top of that. And, and let me get some more, you know. So you're piling these things up. And then all of a sudden, in a moment, your whole bubble is about it burst and you realize that none of them mean anything. None of them really, besides the necessity of being in a body on a planet of earth, that of course you have your, you need, you need basics. And, and, you know, that's undeniable. There's like, no one's denying your basics, the very basic stuff that you need to, in order to be able to live. But if you look at it, and you just see, you you pause, and which a near-death experience will help you doing that. I'm not, I'm not encouraging you to go out there and try to have a near-death experience. But if it happens to you, and you're lucky enough that you don't die, and uh, you you dodge the bullet, then you your values change. You you start measuring things. On, on, a, on a different scale. And it's more based on the world of spirit, not the world, the physical world. And you definitely realize in that very moment, like none of these stuff that I, ha I have accumulated would do anything. I can't take any of them with me. None of them are gonna do anything for me if I just cross over and die. And what the... What the hell have I been doing of emphasizing so much on accumulating more? So in a way, it's a blessing because it's going to give you a second chance to spend more time with people you love, to have quality time in life. You know, go smell the roses, go for a walk, go, go to the beach, go for a drive, you know, in the country makes make some food at home with your friends and family you know spend time with people you love put time for yourself rather than constantly chasing this illusion that happens in a lot of places in the world especially in western hemisphere this mentality of the western mind of more 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 
and you can see it. You can easily see it. I, I'm, not, I'm not just aiming at or putting down the Western hemisphere. Don't, don't take me wrong, but it's symbolic. Like, like, let's say if you live in Los Angeles or you live in New York City or you live in San Francisco, big cities, you're always working. Unless, you know, there's a very small percentage of the population who's, who's very well off, the rest are always chasing. They're always running to make more money in order to pay their rent or pay their mortgage. And it's like you're hooked on this thing and you never get to it because, and I used this example at one of my Persian um, podcasts podcast a while ago, is that here's, here's the sun, sun, sun. And if you turn your, your back towards the sun, the sun is behind you, your shadow is going to be in front of you. So you have your back in the sun, towards the sun, and your shadow is in front of you, and you're chasing your shadow, and you would never get to it. You never, no matter how fast you run, you never get to it. And at one point, you may stop and turn, turn your face towards the sun. Now you're going towards the sunshine, and now your shadow is behind you. Your shadow is chasing you. So you can use this metaphor that the sun is spirituality, God, love, self-realization, the world of spirit. And your the shadow is the world, its desires, its materials. So when you turn your back towards God and you go after the world, materials or whatever it is, whatever whatever worldly desires we have. And that becomes your priority of more and more and more. Then you're godless. And now you're chasing, like many people in this world are doing, because they're projecting that their happiness and wellness is in accumulating more money, more objects, more stuff, and they're chasing it. Or they think, love and happiness and acceptance is something that you find it outside in the world. So you have to go chase it to get it. And once you get it, it's going to make you happy, which is a pure illusion because you A, you never get to it. B, once you get to it, finally, especially in relationships with men or women, you're chasing an object. So even when you get it, its satisfaction is short term because it can't last. It's impossible. It cannot last forever because you're projecting your happiness and wellness based and based on accumulating or attaining an object. You're projecting it based on this one. So when you get it, this object cannot stay the same forever it's going to change or you're going to lose it and it brings suffering. You're going to suffer. Now, I'm not talking about making money and having a comfortable life is, is wonderful. Of course, we all need to make money and we all need our basics. But you, you lose your way when money or things become your God. 
and they take priority over love. They take priority over spending quality times with your family, with people you love, and doing the things you really enjoy doing. What happens is making money becomes, it becomes your, your thing, becomes your obsession. That becomes your God. Now, you can have God in your life and make money and realize that, okay, making money is fun. You're enjoying it. It's a hobby or it's something you really enjoy and you're good at it, but you prioritize God and spirit first. So now there's nothing wrong with that. It's fine. We're not anti-making money. We just don't want to replace God with it. So a near-death experience, it gives you that opportunity. Again, if you survive it, it gives you that opportunity to recognize that there is a world beyond the physical world. And there's a whole thing happening past the physical world. And the physical world is merely a reflection of it. It's simply a part of it, but it's not all of it. Because all of it is vastness and all of it, no human mind can ever understand. The heart can feel it, but the mind cannot understand it. The heart knows like there is something here, but the mind would never understand that. And quite often it's interesting with, you know, you see with a lot of people who objects, money, stuff like that, or they only seeing a one dimensional world, like God is just a concept, you know, God is for like a woo woo spiritual people who are weak and, uh, you know, they're, they're either trans transgender or they're homosexuals or they're weak people or they're, they're um, lost people. You know, the kind of labels that they attach to spirituality or people who are in a world of spirit, like, like as if they're weak or there's something's wrong with them. And, you know, that's the point of view. Like if you go in the world of the spirit and for the people who are one dimensional and they're really the physical world is the only world it is and they're very patriotic and da 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 da, da and and they're willing to go to war for their religious belief or their uh the ideologies of nationality or race and stuff like that and this is the only way and any other way is bullshit um and you can see a lot of them they suffer a lot of them at the end, they're kind of lonely. Their kids leave them. Um, you can see like, or if they lose the stuff because they're so identified with the physical world that when, if they lose their money or their assets or their status or their power, and you can see that then they go down very fast. And you see it every day around you. And you can see it with people being lonely, like their kids, their family don't want to be around them. They don't want that because, because they don't have God in their lives. But when you have God in your life and you go towards the, the world of spirit and you go towards light, people want to be with you. Your kids want to be around you. 
your family wants to be around you. They want to call you. They want to come and see you because you're not needy. You're not judging. And you're shining this light out of your heart. So it's very rare for a spiritual person who has gone through God realization, self-realization, you find them lonely at the end of their lives. It's very rare. They're alone, but they're not lonely because they found God and they're not in this illusion. And then there's also no, no fear of death because their consciousness has expanded beyond death. You know, there's like, I am, you know, and I am is always here. Yeah, I mean, at one point, this is going to die. It's going to vanish. It will perish. It will get old. It, it will fall apart like anything, anything, any building, any machine you build, any airplane, any ship, any tank, any, any empire, any bank, any system. At one point in the physical world is going to end. It's going to be obsolete. So yeah, this is going to get obsolete. But when you understand the world of the spirit, there is no fear of death. And of course, we all like to live, you know? The other day I was thinking about, should I just put a time, you know, it was like, okay, why don't I live my life as long as I can afford it? And then if I'm ever broke, maybe it's time for me to go. You know, if I can't make a living anymore, you know, if I'm ever broke and I'm not, I cannot sustain myself financially anymore and I don't want to be a burden on anyone else, maybe it's time for me to go. Okay. I was entertaining the thoughts. And, you know, a part of you is like, okay, I'm not ready right now to go. And I still want to taste things and smell things from a human body and experience. And most of us feel the same way. Like I'm not ready to die yet. I still have other things to do. And some of us on this path have come to this realization of not being afraid of death. The fear of death, the fear of this unknown phenomena that what is going to happen to me for them is gone. And they're like really living life in this moment, enjoying every moment of it without hesitation or without holding back. But also in the meantime, this readiness of if I'm supposed to go, I go. And that's like freedom. It's tremendous amount of freedom of arriving at that point, that place within yourself of like, you know, I did most of the things I wanted to do and I am living life. I'm really enjoying every moment of it. But if the time is over and they're going to click, you know, you you know, when you walk into your house, you it's evening time. The first thing you do, you open the door, you walk into your house, you turn on the switch, the light, because you need to see. So you turn the light on. And I refer that also to, to death. It's like when the maker turns off your presses, the off button, they, they press, they click your switch, and, it, and that's it. And that's it. It's like my cousin a uh, couple months ago, 39-year-old uh, cousin who I love them very much, he 
happens at nighttime is coming back from, from a party and apparently he had not even been drinking or anything. He loses control of the car and he hits a telephone pole. The pole falls on him and immediately kills him. Okay. But, and you know, somebody, my mom was saying, oh yeah, if he had a better car or, or these roads are bad, I go, mom, it's not a better car or the roads or anything. His time was over. He was supposed to leave. At this moment, on this day, he was supposed to go. So if it wasn't a car accident, it would have been a heart attack. If it wasn't a heart attack, it would be a stroke. If it wasn't that, it would have been a something else. Could be an allergy. You ate something and your body, you know, it doesn't matter. That was your time to go. There's nothing you can do about it. They turned off your switch and there's nothing you can do about it. And sometimes you have that opportunity of like, you get very close and you come back and it rejuvenates you as far as, okay. Because almost everyone that I've seen or talked to that had a near death experience, they've changed. They could not be the same person as they used to be anymore. It's almost impossible. Yes, and I understand it all. Um, and I see much more because I, I had this experience mm -hmm. when I was 10. Mm -hmm. And it changed my life so extremely. So I was only coming back because of my mother. Mm -hmm. I, I, um, I, I, um, something that she needs me and she cries far away. She cries, come back, come back, come back. Right. I can't live my own life how long she was alive. Right. I can start my life since 2017 when she was dead. I start to live my life. Right. Yeah. My Finally. own life. This right. was the third birth. Right. So this, yeah, I get it. I completely understand because I have elderly parents and uh, yeah, you're, you're tied up. And um, part of you doesn't feel free. Yes. Yeah. And um, I, since Sam, I knew that I knew that I'm a new in person. And I often tried to be the helper in my family. Yeah. And they don't want me. They bring me out of the, the family. Yeah. Because I'm too, I know too much. And yeah. then I, I, I said sentence like, there's no border for nothing. Yeah, you're, you're you yeah. know, it, yeah. I was crazy for them. Absolutely damned crazy. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> I get it. I understand. I, I, yeah, all of us who've gone through the same thing understand. All right. Thank well, you. Thank, huh? you're welcome. Thank, thank, you. thank you all for joining me. And uh, I look forward to seeing you next Thursday. Um, my social media pages are Zaratustra 5D. Those of you who are viewing this on uh, Instagram, I appreciate it. Uh, sharing and leaving a comment. Thank you. And uh, our audience on YouTube, I'm going to be aiming at putting some um, healing uh, videos. I know I haven't put any healing videos on YouTube for a long time. I'm planning on doing that soon. And uh, and also my website is zaratustra.tv and you can contact me at 
uh, via email info at zaratustra.tv. I uh, look forward to connecting with you all. Um, very soon, I'm going to be putting uh, uh, the new life training program. I'm taking students for private sessions uh, and private training program, both on for health and for awareness. So I'm creating uh, a new program, helping, helping people how to rejuvenate, cleanse their body, uh, and how to avoid health issues. So, and how they can be youthful and energetic. Mm. So, sending you all lots of blood and light, and thank you for joining me, and look forward to connecting with you soon. Namaste. <laughs> and happy birthday to our dear sister, Hilde. Hilde Evanstad. <laughs> Tomorrow is her birthday. Tomorrow? Well, today, tomorrow, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Happy birthday, Hilde. Happy birthday, Hilde. Happy birthday, Hilde. Nice dreams. <laughs> okay, see you soon. Bye-bye.